I think the kids are meant to go out now. That's good. <laughs> Tim's not here to sort of direct, but anyway, that's all right. Uh, Leader, you're, you're on. Okay, just before I share the word, well, mainly ponderings, really, uh, my wife's going to share with me because uh, we're collectively in ministry. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, here she goes. Uh, good morning. Uh, I'm just going to share a word that the Lord uh revealed to me one day when I was going for a walk and explain it a bit. So it's one sentence. It says, if we want to see revival, true lasting revival, we need to become strong, skilled warriors after God's own heart. So I sort of went away and thought about that for a bit. So what is a warrior? First Chronicles five verse First Chronicles five verse fifteen says the Reubenites, the Gadiites, and the half tribe of Massonite had forty four thousand seven hundred and sixty men ready for military service, able bodied men who could handle a shield and a sword, who could use a bow, and who were trained for battle. First Chronicles chapter 8, verse 40 says, The sons of Elm were brave warriors who could handle a bow. So warriors are skilled, they're trained, and they are ready for battle. So a warrior is a beloved son with a settled heart who is then trained and equipped to engage in the life and death battles that are continually going on in him and all around him. Being a warrior involves more than just force. It's There is a deftness, which means skill or ability that goes along with an intuitiveness and a gracefulness. So there's three keys that the Lord wanted me to share with you. Um, practice, pers practice, persistence, and precision. So um, when I was at school in my senior years, 11 and 12, I did physical education. And part of that was to choose between sports. And one of the choice was between golf or archery. Me being a little bit uncoordinated, I thought I can't really hit a ball very well, so I chose archery. But I learned the hard way that it's actually a very skilled sport. You've got to learn how to hold a bow. You've got to learn how to put the arrow in the right way. You've got to learn how to pull the string back in the right way and hold it there long enough to aim it at the target to actually hit the target. Um, yeah. So if I chose not to put into practice what I'd learnt from the teacher who taught me how to do archery, then it wouldn't have become a skill. So let's have a look at practice. James chapter 1 verses 22 to 25 says, But don't 
just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at yourself in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So another verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, obey my commands. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey his commands, that person is a liar and is not living the truth. But those who obey God's truly words truly show how completely they love him. So, practice. If you haven't already, put everything that you have learned from this, your Bible, God's word, into practice. Not just the bits that you like or the bits that you might enjoy, but all of it. Display the fruits of the Spirit. Be honest. Be kind. Be patient, be humble, and have self-control. The more you obey God's word, the stronger your relationship with him becomes. You show God that you trust him when you obey, and when you submit to God's authority, you grow spiritually. So make a choice daily to put into practice what you have learned from the Bible. This includes letting go of things that you need to let go of. The biggest tactic the enemy has is offense and the gossip and the slander that goes on with it. It's designed to divide and separate because he knows, the enemy knows, if he separates us, we're stronger together. If we're strong, united. If we're separated, we're not strong. So I know I've been there. I've had a root of unforgiveness and I was so offended that anything that you would say to me would offend me. I actually got to the point where I hated people. All I wanted to do was be away from everybody else, locked in my room. But it wasn't until I realized that I needed to deal with it and got rid of it as to how bad it actually was. So don't become offended. Instead, deal with it and let it go. So the second thing is perseverance. 
once again, once I was doing archery at school, this, it was a new thing at the school and I didn't have arm guards yet. So I kept hitting myself in the arm with the string and it hurt. And I kept hitting myself in the arm with the string and it really could have chosen to give up at that moment and go and do golf instead, which I probably would have fouled at because I can't hit a ball, right? So even though it hurts, don't give up. So perseverance, let's have a look at a few verses. Romans 5 verses 3 to 5. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance de develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confidence, hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Romans chapter 2 verse 7. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honour and immortality that God offers. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14. Dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking back to what lies ahead. I press on to the ends of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 to 7. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruits, fruits of their labour. So perseverance. Develop an ability to bear up under weariness, strain and persecution. Use your struggles as a way to develop and fine-tune your relationship with Jesus. Strengthen your faith through your struggles. Look at a struggle as an opportunity to grow close to the Lord. Trust through your trials and claim victory in Jesus. Never forget that every breath that comes out of you was given to you from God. So if you're sitting there today and you think that you can't get through it and you're hurting in this season, I'm here to tell you that you can and you will. You've just got to lean on Christ. And the last thing is precision, which is accuracy. So Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 32 to 33 says, Moses told the people, you must be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord, your God, following your instruction in every deal. Stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long and prosperous lives in the land you're about to enter and occupy. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 to 27. 
Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Do not get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So do not run from the truth. Do not swerve or turn to the left or the right. Do not give the enemy a foothold in your heart. Do not move away from God's precise commands. Commit to the Lord's plans. Repent and allow the Lord to mold you and work in your life. Make sure you deal with any matters of the heart so that God can fill your whole heart. Be discerning, guard your heart and make sure that it is right before the Lord. So a warrior after God's own heart is loyal to the commander, a citizen of God's kingdom, a follower of orders, is prepared for battle, guards his heart, is a person of integrity, is a person of authenticity, is prepared to lay his life on the line, is a person that will rise to the challenge, is someone who will make a stand, and someone who provides for his loved ones, and someone that finishes well. So I'll leave you with this verse, 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 12. Be courageous and let us show ourselves courageous for the benefit of our people and the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. So put all these things into practice and as one, working together in covenant with each other under Christ. There is power in an army in covenant under Christ. Together we are stronger and together we advance. Thanks very much, Alita, for sharing. I'll try not to take too much of your time. So just in the last two weeks, the Lord's been showing me a few things. And one of the keys to being a warrior, one of the keys to being an effective person for God is prayer. Hands up, who's had a good week this week? Okay, who's had a tough week? <laughs> so this week has been one of the most tumultuous for myself and for our family. Um, you know, each day I've learned to lay my burdens and my cares at the foot of Jesus. And then as I've gone through the week, the stress and the angst of things sort of hit me. So then I got the flu, not COVID, thankfully, but I got the flu. And I started to struggle quite uh, significantly. And uh, as I headed into a meeting on Friday, things just accelerated in a way that I've never seen before. Things that I thought would take six to 12 months literally happened in a few hours. And the uncertainty of it all came back again. What keeps me grounded, what keeps me solid in my faith is prayer. It's not prayer on a Friday night, which is good. It's not prayer on a Sunday morning even. No, it's prayer through each and every single day of the week. And as a husband, as a father, it is my responsibility to pray for protection for my family. And these are some of the keys. 
Jesus says in, in the epistle to Matthew, as he teaches his disciples how to pray, he starts off, and you know it so well, he says, Our Father who art in heaven. In the Jewish culture, they would not call God their Father. God to them is the almighty, the all-powerful God. So as Jesus would depict in the epistles of Matthew there, that it is all relational. For you and I to move on in the things of God, Jesus has to be our everything. Jesus has to be my all. He has started to become that to me. I cannot even function throughout the day without him. Hallowed be thy name. And he goes on, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I don't know about you, but I've lived in the earthly realm for so long that I start to think earthly. So I have to train myself to think kingdom wise. I ha and the reality is that I need the Holy Spirit to do that. I can't do it in my own strength. There was a pastor who died and went to glory. This is a real account. It happened on a YouTube short. He, he was testifying and it really shook me actually. He died and he went into glory itself. He was at the gate and a massive angel came and said to him, wait here. He had a huge ministry. He was well known, huge anointing, huge ability. The father comes to him. God, the father comes to him and says, why would I let you come into my kingdom. He starts to say, I've done this in your name, I've done that in your name, I've achieved this, I've achieved that, etc., etc. And the Father says, so did the Sadducees, so did the Pharisees. This man was broken, he thought, oh dear. So he starts to try and justify a little bit, but the presence of God hits him. He's prostrate on the ground. He pleads before the Father. Send me back to earth and I'll make things right. I'll change things. And praise God, the Father allowed it. It's all about relationship. It's all about the heart. You may not have a big ministry. You may not have achieved anything that this man had achieved. But the reality is that you're walking with the Lord each and every single day. You're putting him first place. You're laying down the cross at his feet. And you're just saying, Jesus, have your way. And that's all he wants this morning. Matthew 7, verse 21 to 23, you know it well. Many will say in the day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, etc.? Cast out demons. And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. So as a man who trusted in God, is a great prophet. His name means Yahweh is my God. Baal was the religion at the time. Seven, only 7,000 Israelites hadn't bowed, bowed down to the graven image. He was a prophet, and I'm not going to focus on him because there's so much to focus on. And the reality is that he was divinely directed by God. You and I need to walk in step with the Spirit so that when we pray, we are divinely directed by God. For many years, I used to whinge and whine at God. You know, why is this happening? Why haven't I achieved this? Why haven't I done that? And one day he says to me, don't ask me why. He asks ask me, how can I position myself to hear from him? It's, his name is Elijah. He declared for three and a half years there'd be no rain. 
And because he was listening to God, it happened. So you and I, as we go through life, and I think I've been humbled to the point where I'm not sure if I can be humbled anymore, if I'm brutally honest. The things that I thought would happen in the last 10 months really haven't. And things have come to a situation where I have no idea what to do. But I've learned every single day to say, Jesus, I just want you to take full control. I need you to do what you want to do. I need you to do what you have to do because I have no idea what to do. And he answers that prayer with an acceleration that frankly scared me on Friday. But I have to deal with that. So Elijah went out into the wilderness. He declared this great thing to these godless governments. And he went out into the wilderness. I just want to encourage you, those who are a little bit older. You know, you may think, oh, I've had my family and I've done this and I've done that. I'm just looking for glory and nothing wrong with that. But Elijah had testified what God was going to do. And he must have thought, oh, I'm going out in the wilderness now. Everything's over. Everything's going to fall apart. But God provided for him in that wilderness. He saw a miracle in that wilderness, that widow that fed him and looked after him. He was able to resurrect that son in the name of the God of Jehovah. So keep praying for your family, those of you who are older. You know, God's not finished with you yet. Keep praying on. And as Liz did before, and thank you to the five of you who opened it up, we must pray and declare in the name of Jesus. There is no another name like his name. There is no power like his power. And even in youth, as we started this, this term, unsure of where we were meant to go, the Lord showed Alita and I that we get meant to get back to foundational principles. So we're going from creation to Christ. And we have Aiden on our team who's more passionate than I am. I'd like to see him up here. Kira Lee, who's steadfast in the things of God and just keeps going on. We've got Ben, who's, who's new to the church and new to our team, but he's so passionate about the youth and doors are opening in unbelievable ways through these people. So God is on the move. So another thing I'm just going to briefly summarize as time grabs away or, or dissipates. So we must pray in God's will. We must listen to what God's saying in our lives and in our families. We must get a word in season for what I'm going through. You know, Lord, do I stay where I am or do I move on? What do I, how do I direct my children? What decisions I make could affect them? Lord, what is your will and your way? 1 John 5, 14 to 15. We pray for God's glory. He should be the He should be at the forefront of everything that I do. We should give him glory as I awake. Thank you for breath in my lungs. If I have nothing else to thank you for, thank you for that. Thank you for that I've got a home to live in. Thank you for that I've got uh, food to eat. We must pray in faith, believing that God will, will answer our prayer, that he will bring our children back to the fold, that he will provide our every needs, that he will bring blessing and breakthrough in my health that he will bring blessing and breakthrough in every area of our lives. And the reality is that he has brought us into a place of absolute perfection in Christ. And with that, it will bring a boldness that we've never had before, a boldness that you and I cannot conjure up. I feel so weak at times. And I say to him, Lord, I feel so weak. I don't want to get up here and minister. I'd rather just sit at home, really. And he says, I am your strength. Get up there and do it virtually. Get over, you. Get over yourself, Tom, you know. 
And if God tells me that, I'll listen. If someone else tells me, I'll just look at them. You know, how about you get over yourself? So it gives some boldness. And another YouTube clip, which I found so fascinating, in Nazi Germany, there's 12,000 churches when Hitler was starting to rise. And he did a great amount of work for his country before he turned evil, really. 12,000 churches, 3,000 publicly came out against him. 3,000 stood with him. And 7,000 said, no, that's got nothing to do with me, you know. I'm just going to sit back and watch what happens. And as Tim keeps harping on about, that the spiritual barometer of a country is how well the body of Christ is going. So these, these, these churches were not prepared to stand in the gap And the enemy came in. The demonic flowed into this man and he took power and he nearly destroyed the world. And as I listened to that, I was convicted. Every day I pray for this country. Every day I pray that godless leaders would be convicted of their sin. And if they do not repent and turn to God, they would be removed. And that God-fearing members would replace them. You and I should be doing the same in churches too, I pray. We need to stand in the gap for our country. It's starting to go on in a way that it should not be going. It is starting to ebb and flow away from the things of God. So you and I need to get serious about praying. I tell my kids to pray. I force them to pray each night about it. I don't know if that's, that is a good thing, I believe. But I would encourage you to keep going. I mean, we're only a small number compared to the rest of the, you know, the body of Christ, but we can just keep going. And you only need two or three to be gathered. And God says, I'm in your midst. So let's just keep going. Let's keep praying. Let's keep declaring. As we pray in faith, as we read God's word, as we divinely directed. Got so much information. I'm going to go through it. That's for sure. And the thing, I wake up in the morning and there may be a bit of a heaviness upon me. I don't tell the kids are a leader. I've learned not to because I don't want to ruin their day. Um, So I I can't, I don't think, I don't want to pray in English. You know, I can be bothered. Don't know what to pray for, really. Just being honest at this point. So then I start to pray in that heavenly language. It's a language that doesn't require my emotions my intellect or my understanding, it's praying in the Spirit. I didn't even know what praying in the Spirit was about five years ago. I thought it was a bit, uh, well, it was odd really. I thought, well. And then I met uh, Jason's grandparents, who's once gone to glory, and he forced me to pray in the Spirit. Open your mouth, Tom. What are you doing, mate? I thought, what is this? So then I opened it. And as I opened my mouth, I said like two words, couldn't say any more, and the anointing hit me. And I thought, oh, this is real. There's something real about this. So I've been praying in the, in the Spirit of God because he knows what I need. He knows more than I know. And the reality is I psychoanalyze most conversations. I psychoanalyze my day. I have to have pills at night to go to sleep because my mind is insanely active. Apparently, that is a level of emotional intelligence. I find it exhausting. Um, Some CEOs do it and general managers have a skill set of that, but I'm not either one of them. So I have to disconnect 
and allow the Spirit to take full control. We must be bold. T.L. Robert Osborne. Don't know if you know him. Hopefully got the right name. Yeah, he's, so he's preaching in Africa. Absolute powerhouse for God. Absolute man of God. Better check the time here. He's standing up the front. Witches, warlocks, all from Africa have come to hear this man of God because he's got power and they look like, oh, he's got something I don't have. He starts to preach the gospel. Repent. Come to the foot of the cross, you wretched sinner, and repent. He was, he was hammering them. This man starts to levitate above the ground at the back there. Does anyone know what levitating is? So he's virtually above the ground up near the rafters. He's flying virtually. Must have thought maybe he's Superman or something. Don't know what TL, TL thought himself. But as he was preaching and he didn't stop, he asked the Lord, what do you want me to do, Lord? See, his relationship with Jesus was paramount. In the midst of fear, in the midst of the demonic virtually in front of him, what do I do, Lord? He says, the Lord tells him, you just keep preaching. I'll look after this bloke. Bloke starts flying virtually. This is fair income. Starts flying towards him. Where that's the seat is here, he gets to there. And Osborne's thinking, oh, no, I don't know what I'm going to do here. But he just keeps going, keeps in faith. He's bold, he's strong. And then this dude hits the ground dead. That's the power of a relationship with Jesus. That's the power of praying each and every single day, even in the midst of ministry. That's the power you and I have within us. And I tend to forget at that time. I've learned to go into atmospheres and bind whatever demonic influence is happening in the name of Jesus, and I cast it out. Then I loose the anointing of the power and the presence of God into my situation. I loose, I loose the kingdom of God into my circumstances, and it makes a huge difference. And this great man of God did wondrous, marvelous things. We must pray specifically with fervency with persistency, with anticipation that God will answer my prayer. Elijah believed that God would have a drought for three and a half years, and he did. We must be righteous, and I'll just finish on this point. I tell you what, I, I, I try to be as righteous as I can before I get up here, and the enemy will throw all sorts of thoughts at me. You know, I'll be looking at something or go shopping and I'll see someone and I'm thinking oh dear you know then I have to repent and move on and there's nothing wrong with that but please don't be obsessed with it because your righteousness and my righteousness in our own strength is as filthy rags in the sight of God that's why God has put me into Christ because he's the only one who ever satisfied the father he's the only one who ever brought anything of value to him and whatever the father wanted Jesus did so God looks at me this morning and he says you're my well beloved child and I am very well pleased in you because of who you've been put into repentance is essential daily I believe keep short accounts with God and as we just finish now, we must pray specifically. And I'll finish with a testimony. I had a grandfather that I spent many, many years working for. I lived in his house. We were in Brisbane. And he was a hard worker. He would do three jobs a day, a milk run at night, 
uh, bakery during the day, eating most of the bakery, but anyway, and four to six hours maximum a night. He would not miss a Sunday service or an outreach that he used to do. He had five children, one of them is my mother, and he put them all through some of the most prestigious schools in Brisbane, private schooling. I used to work with him, and the reality is he was a godly man and a very, very kind man, and he would pray specifically at the breakfast table, which took a long time. But his life showed a life of consistency. Every one of his children and grandchildren have gone on in the things of God. His daughter died at 45 from cancer. He knew what grief was. I worked with him. We did seven hours of brush cutting one day. Asked us how much should we charge. I said 150 bucks minimum, mate. This is 20 years ago. Because I knew he was a bit too kind. He's a bit kinder than me. And uh, Brookfield, massive acreages, million-dollar estates, massive. Goes back, my brother and I are sitting in the ute. He goes and says, gets the money. And I said, how much did you get? I was a bit brazen then. And he says, under $100. I said, you've got to be kidding me. And in my mind, I'm thinking I could get in this my grandfather's ute and drive through this bloke's house. You know, at least we'll get paid something. That's what I was thinking. And my grandfather's like, no, the Lord will supply our needs. And you know what? They built some of the most interesting houses. They were big, monstrous houses. And, you know, God looked after them day in and day out. And I'd walk past his bedroom and he'd have the door open about this much. And me being a 15, 16-year-old, I'm thinking, what's my grandfather doing that he doesn't want me to see? He's on his knees. And he only went to glory last year. His grand, my grandmother died the same year. And my father a couple a year or two before. So, you know, I didn't know what grief was until that sort of happened. But, you know, it gives you an appreciation that you can call upon the throne of heaven just by crying out to him. Whatever your situation Whatever your circumstance this morning, please cry out to him. You cried out to him on the day of salvation. Lord, save me. I'm only a sinner and I need to be saved by your grace. Cry out to him day in and day out. It may not be for salvation today, but it would be for sustenance for tomorrow, for stamina to get through this and to get through that to call in, in the name of Jesus, your family, to declare that it is God's will and God's way that everyone should encounter the goodness and kindness and mercy of God through Jesus. You and I need to release that over our hearts and over our minds, over our communities. Keep praying. Grandparents, keep praying. I believe and I declare this morning that I wouldn't be half the person I was if I didn't have grandparents who prayed for me. And parents who led by example. Your life, and I'm sensing it in the spirit, your life is not a waste. Some of you have been bitterly disappointed by partners in life that said they would be with you until the day they died. Jesus can be your everything. Jesus can be your all. 
His heart aches for you this morning. And it gives me no pleasure to see what is happening amongst the churches today. My generation has been given the choice to put things right before God or to just move away. And I'm sorry to see and to say that too many have left the fold of God, not just this church. And the reality is if you get out of a fellowship and you move away from the things of God, you will only go in one direction spiritually. I don't care how good you think you are. God's heart for you is far bigger than mine. It's far bigger than Tim's. We're not perfect. But please do not give up fellowshipping with his people in these days. You will not make it. You will become lukewarm. And Jesus says some serious things about being lukewarm. The reality is, and I'm going to finish with this, God convicted me of it. That's why I just said it. You become lukewarm. You don't give God the preeminence and prominence in your daily life. It allows the enemy to come in. And me being the head of my home, I have to make sure that I'm following God's will and God's way because the protection of those under me rely on that. I just want to finish with this. In the heaviness of the week, and the lady to the left of me, to the far left, you've probably worked out who that is by now, taught me this a few years ago because I used to hit her with a few things and she'd hit me. And that's the relationship I appreciate. But sometimes I have a heaviness and I've loosed everything. I've done everything I can. I get up in the morning and I declare that you are my everything, that you are my all, about 100 declarations or so. It depends how I'm feeling. Loose the blood. I put on the helmet of salvation, the blessed plate of righteousness, shield of faith, the belt of truth, the gospel, the shoes of peace, and I loose the blood over us, Lord. But then there's some times when things aren't shifting and things aren't moving. And then I declare, as, as I believe and I've been taught, in the name of Jesus, and I encourage you to do this, I break off any curses, any word curses that have been spoken against me as an individual or against my, uh, or against my family. And I choose to bless those that curse me in the name of Jesus. And as you do that, it allows the Spirit of God to move and to bless those that have been cursing you. And it may not be in a blessing that you think either. It could be in various sorts of ways. So I would declare this morning as we finish, just keep going on in the things of God. Just get around people who know how to break things off and how to power on in the things of God and just keep putting in first place because as we've been hearing this morning, that ultimately the best is yet to come. As we just finish now, I just want to sing. I don't want to sing really, but where's Danielle? She could sing it. I just want to, it's just a song that's been on my heart and on my mind. I love to sing in the shower. I sound like uh, Andre Bonicelli in there. Uh, when I get out, I don't sound quite as good, but uh, it's just open the eyes of my heart, Lord, because it's all about the heart, the prayer positions. Prayer positions me to receive from the things of God. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I long to see you. 
I long to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Just sing it as a prayer to him this morning. Um, yeah, if you want to start. Mm -hmm. Open me up on I want to see you, see you high and 